0: Hey man, what are you really into, huh? (laughs) Heavy Cardboard Episode 78, In Infamous Traffic. Coming to you from this wonderful world of puppies. Puppy!
1: Puppy! Puppy!
0: puppy. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts. I'm Edward.
1: And I'm Amanda. Got my passport application all done and in.
0: Yay. Thank you for not letting me stress about this throughout the entire summer, just the beginning.
1: You're welcome. It's currently processing. The State Department has cashed our check. And so we're looking about a month. They'll probably have it beginning, middle-ish of august probably
0: well it definitely was a a a bit easier and a a hair less stressful a smidgen than my ordeal last time last year uh or this time last year in regards to my passport and matt's already got his finished up so we should be good to go for essen in plenty of time yes no stress on that yay
1: no stress one week prior to leaving for essen like you last year. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was never
0: in doubt. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, you should go back and listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, really haven't been doing anything but my full time jobs, both of them. What? In addition to my major full time job of being wife and dog mom. You know, life's just crazy right now, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. So it's just kind of something that I'm going to have to get used to
0: pretty much because I'm still learning how to deal with this whole full-time gig and work from home it's not that I'm wasting a lot of time it's just that I haven't really been able to make a clear delineation from when do I start working right. uh, more importantly when do you stop when do I stop because I have been going since 7:30 this morning mm-hmm. it's we're recording this at 6:30 right now. So we're looking at another hour, hour and a half. So that'd be eight o'clock. I did take a twenty minute break, go outside on the back deck. It was really nice. Right. It was in the, you know, upper eighties. Hung out with Asher. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed the cool feel of the grass laying down out there. But seriously, I, I don't know how to not work when I'm at home. So I'm still yeah. learning that.
1: And that's that's yeah, and that's the problem because we both like I I get up at four in the morning. I do yoga. I work on the show a little bit until I have to leave, drive an hour to work, work for it's 10 not and a whole hours. It's,
0: a, it's about 35 to 45 minutes, right?
1: It depends on the traffic.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Especially on the way home on On the Fridays. way home, it's yeah.
1: especially at least an hour. Yeah. But what I'm saying is I'm spending, I don't, I leave the house and I'm gone for like 11 and a half hours and then I come home and I start working again. Because I'm at home, so therefore it's heavy cardboard time. And yeah. And we just don't, we don't have shutoffs.
0: <laughs> We're learning still. I mean, it, there was going to be an adjustment period. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bit, I guess, surprised that it's taken still this long to adjust. Still, but mm-hmm. at the same time, when you look at it, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, like, as soon as I quit my job, hey, HeavyCon, okay, right, has, uh, and then go, immediately go. get ready for Origins, and then at that point, oh, we have a few weeks off, oh, get ready for WBC. Mm-hmm. Now, if it sounds like we're complaining, I don't think either of I us I don't think, no, are. we're not
1: complaining, we're just talking, I mean, you guys are our friends, we're talking about our yeah, lives. just
0: giving you a behind the curtains yeah. or behind the microphone look or, or here as it were mm-hmm. uh, into what all goes into it. And we're not, obviously I chose this. I want to do this. This is what I enjoy doing. It's right. just, just like any major change that you have in your life. There's, there's an adjustment oh, period yeah. and I'm still very much in mm-hmm. that adjustment period, mm-hmm. uh, which means the whole house is, in, in an, an adjustment, adjustment period. period. <laughs> um, it's just it's just going to take some more time. I figure realistically, I think sometime in September yeah, is that, when we're actually going to hit our groove in I a regular. So. This is what we feel like because we have WBC later on this month, mm-hmm. which honestly is going to be real nice because it's going to be vacation mixed with con. Yeah. Right? Wh-
1: what's, a, what's a vacation? I don't know what those are. We
0: We had a weekend getaway and we had a day at a bed and breakfast so there was that right yeah, yeah. that's fine and then in August mm-hmm. just found out a few days ago that yeah. I he's am... going to Gen Con yes
1: oh. and so. uh, I have to stay at home because I don't have enough time off of work so sorry. So y'all be sure and be nice to him when you go see him at the Capstone booth okay
0: yep uh, Capstone Games is well Clay asked me hey can you come be at the booth now I'm not going to work the booth Um, I you know to go is a free and, you know yeah just like we it was just like it was at origins mm-hmm. exactly but he really liked what we brought to it but also you know and I, I helped out here and there yeah. and stuff and helped him out but it gives me a
1: it gives get, me a chance it, to
0: go to gen con and do show stuff right and gen it gives con.
1: us a home base we can say hey we're at the Capstone booth instead of hey just find us wandering around somewhere well
0: and when you say we it's the royal we the royal y'all Because, sorry. I know. I mean, so I haven't really, okay, on that note, I haven't really got into like Gen Con mode, right? Like, oh, excited about what's coming out. I mean, I have the anticipation geek list, which I need to update, which my goal is to do that next week. That said, I still got WBC in between that. Mm -hmm. And WBC is, it's going to be a relaxing, hey, we get to go and play games con. Right, right. As opposed to hey, like what Gen is going to be. Mm-hmm. Hey, go meet everybody. That's gonna be awesome, but it's not a game playing con right. for, for me a lot. I mean, hopefully I can get a couple of games in here and there. I'm I'm we usually so. do, yeah. I mean I, I see all the chat that's going on both in the guild as well as on the uh on the Slack channel, the 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 chat channel that we have for patrons. Uh, people are trying to organize games and all this stuff. So I'm definitely going to try and get in on some of right.
1: that. You'll see Ray, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, right. As we do. Uh-huh.
1: At every convention.
0: Uh, But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, it's, I mean, it's work now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, th- that's is what, what it's I do. That's what we
1: do. Yeah. Right.
0: So. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it, but looking forward to it in a different way from most people probably. Because right. I'm not like, wow, I can't wait to go buy games. You know, it's more, hey, I can't wait to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And starting to get excited about WBC, as you talked about. We get to hang out with Carmen and Elaine from GameStar Plus for like a week.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really good time. Yeah. Actually, we're going to be gone for nine and a half days. Yeah, we're going to be
1: on a long time. Uh,
0: hopefully be able to hit Gettysburg on the way there. Yes. I, I I really want to see this. Now, I'm not huge on the Civil War, but dude, it's, it's Gettysburg. Gettysburg, right? So each team of attendees gets odds placed on them <laughs> for the WBC tournament team standings. Mm-hmm. And we're on Carmen's team right. for Game Surplus, and uh,
1: there's 29 teams.
0: Okay, and do you remember what our team name is?
1: No, we're ranked 27th, though.
0: Yes, uh, so going into this, we're ranked 27 of 29, and our odds are an insulting 500 to one.
1: What the hell, man?
0: Dude, I wasn't gonna play in a lot of tournaments. And now, now, now I'm gonna game on, bitches. Uh-huh. Oh, we're gonna make them eat them odds. <laughs> We're coming to wreck shop, yeah. yo. So, on a different note, something else that I am super, super excited about going to WBC. Mm-hmm. They have a live auction.
1: Oh, nice. And I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, they totally do. They Last year, there were like 550 lots, which means there were 550 games mm-hmm. uh, auctioned off.
1: Now, oh, So, it's not huge, okay. Yeah. yeah it's it's it, not it, Gen Con.
0: It, no, no. It's not that big, but at the same time, it's not tiny. Right. However... I need to. I need to remember that we we flew there. Yeah. Uh, and it's not one of the local conventions right. here to where I can just load up the car <laughs> and we have to pay to ship the stuff back. Mm-hmm. So I need to. I need to be prudent. Yeah. Uh, Reign it in. Yeah. Write it
1: on your hand if you need to. Hey. Yes. Cannot drive home. Okay. Right. Uh,
0: but nonetheless, I'm really looking forward to doing that. And by doing that, I mean just being, being in the there. auction. It's yeah, fun. I, like I, I have a blast. When we went
1: to Gen Con the first time. We spent a lot of time in the in the auction area just hanging out and Watching, seeing, seeing
0: watching these sometimes really rare games get Mm -hmm. auctioned off, even if we're not interested in buying them.
1: It's still fun.
0: It's still cool to see, right? And you get people caught up in it and things go for too much. A lot of things go for way less than they should. And Mm -hmm. that's where I come in and try and be savvy and try and, Mm
1: -hmm. you know. Undercut. Yeah, not
0: Undercut. Well, I mean, funny you say that given the review this week. That's
1: why I said Undercut.
0: Oh, really? But no, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I I just I enjoy the atmosphere of a live auction. If you've never been and it doesn't matter what the auction is. In this case, obviously, board games since that's my life mm-hmm. nowadays. Um that's something I'm obviously really into, so I'm going to be really really excited mm-hmm. about it. But it doesn't matter if you've ever been to a live auction. It's just It's, it's a just lot fun. Of fun. Yeah
1: so while at origins Joe Wiggins mentioned that he likes it when I talk about my latest planning endeavors.
0: Oh, oh, please. Uh, plan away, ma'am.
1: <laughs> so, I'll mention that I'm very much loving travelers notebooks at the moment. I am in a um a personal size right now, just a little tiny guy. What it It's you, actually a pocket, not a personal.
0: Could you could you explain what a traveling sure. planner so is cuz tra- I mean, I know kind of because I see you, you see with, me it, with it, but that's it.
1: Well, so um As my grandmother would say long years ago, in Japan, the Midori company made notebooks that people would travel with, with traveler's notebooks. travel,
0: notebook. Right. Okay.
1: And it was normally like a piece of leather, and there would be multiple books inside the leather strapped to a piece of twine or elastic or something so that they could chronicle their journeys in different books.
0: Yo, dog, I hear you like like notebooks. Right,
1: inside your notebooks. And so... Um, the company that I have one through right now is called Foxy Fix and it's very hard to get, to get these cause they sell out like immediately, but I was able to grab one on a, a used group on Facebook and have it piled high with a bunch of printables and stuff that I've made and I get to decorate them with stickers. And
0: so, so what makes this so highly sought after this, this, I don't specific know. One?
1: I don't know. That's well, just the, I mean, the leather's really nice. I mean,
0: I'm looking at it right now. It looks nice. Yeah, the
1: leather's really nice. They're all handmade. And so I guess that I I really think that they kind of drive it up themselves because they they hype that they restock every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In other
0: words, genius.
1: Exactly. So they probably restock like three of each type. And like, oh, no, it's sold out already. You know, or something. I don't know. But whatever. But anyway, so I have my... Notebook full of a whole bunch of stuff, and I just carry it around with me all the time, and love it because I'm i I'm turning into a girl. You should see it; it's all pink and stuff. It's weird.
0: Yeah, this coming from the girl who's all about electronics and games. Oh yeah, video games, game systems. But board I love, game but stuff. I love
1: me some stickers, man.
0: Yeah, everything's a sticker nowadays.
1: <laughs> but I'm trying to like I'm actually even venturing into like a five size ring bound notebooks and I've gotten Edward into that as well. So we're trying to get him to, since he's working from home and this kind of goes into him, not really having a schedule and not knowing when to stop and stuff. Yep. It, this is kind of, we're hoping will help. I made some inserts for him. We're hoping that he can write down, Hey, from 12 to one, I am going to have lunch or whatever.
0: Exactly. And just it, that helps, I mm-hmm. mean, also Ash got us turned on to Trello, yes, which has been invaluable it honestly really for helping us get organized and stay organized, especially in my end mm-hmm. and actually it's funny um so when we do the videos, so yeah, let's talk about this for a second when we live stream our playthroughs, when we start recording, it can take anywhere from ten seconds to a minute a minute and a half mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm before it actually starts showing up on YouTube. Right. So then when we publish this, which is immediately once YouTube's done processing it, you then have 10 seconds up to a minute and a half of whatever the welcome screen yeah. is, you know, whether it's, you know, boardgametables.com, whether it's Patreon, whatever mm-hmm. screen that we have at the very beginning, and that can go on for like a minute and a half. Well, sometimes a lot of times, actually, up until today, we have forgotten to actually go back and trim off all but the first three seconds or mm-hmm. so yeah. of that Oops. so that your people aren't hitting play and then just be like... Um. Just
1: sitting there for a minute, like, right. oh, okay, fun.
0: So using Trello, we made actually to-do lists to go back and trim all these videos, and then we have to then re-timestamp mm-hmm. all of these. Mm-hmm. Well we have a really good group of folks yeah. called our patrons yes that uh on on the patreon chat on our uh slack on our channel. slack channel i made an actual channel that allows folks to then help us out on doing some of this stuff and people have been really receptive to it and they they feel like they're a part of the team mm-hmm. and i think this has been it's been really cool it's been good on for me just cuz i have a sounding board kind yeah. of that i can I can have people that obviously are fans of the show that I can, I can trust, I can talk to, Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And not putting it out there in the, you know, wide public and, Mm -hmm. and all that. But at the same time, we have this group of folks, these 258 of them as it is right now that... Wanna be a part of this team, right? Mm-hmm. Team heavy cardboard. Yeah. And and team elephant. Yes. Heffalumps. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just it's been really cool. And so they've been helping out with the timestamps and everything on that. So big shout out to them. Really appreciate it. Cause yeah, I, I do this full time right now, but at the same time, that's a lot of time that I still have a I, Trello a lot of is stuff full. yeah, <laughs> of to do things. Anyway, while I was thinking about it, Pixel Juice is the name of our team.
1: Pixel Juice.
0: Pixel Juice. Hmm. It is you, me, Carmen, and Lou, and they make the graphics. And it looks like a pixie on there. It says Pixel Juice. It has a pixie, and it says "Don't ask." <laughs> perfect, dude. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. That's well fantastic. done, WBC. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great time. All of the ways to contact us are on our website, heavycardboard.com. We rely on the generous support from our patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to join the community, check us out over on patreon.com forward slash heavycardboard. All right, it's now been... About a month or, maybe, I guess, a month and a half or so since we got our table from BoardGameTables.com. What do you think thus far?
1: It's really nice. It's so Yeah, I love it. It's love it, it, love super it. comfortable. Yes. Like,
0: we're sitting at it right now, yeah. recording the podcast, and just, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. It just, yeah, it's, it it it's, it's feels beautiful, comfortable. it's
1: comfortable, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's great. Yeah,
0: I uh, cannot say enough good things about mm-hmm. it. We actually ran into Katie, who is the uh customer relations manager i think uh, or just basically the the voice right. of boardgametables.com uh if you email she's probably who you're talking to mm-hmm. more often than not talk to her uh for you know an hour or so throughout origins and everything and they had a really good convention and it was just it was good to actually put a face with the name and right and yeah i'm just i just can't be happier I really couldn't be yeah, with this. It's really nice. Super. Although it did bite me in the shin the other day oh, when I it. Oh man. My, yeah. We were having some
1: technical issues before with one of the cameras the cabin stream be- with one of the cameras and the um the cup holder. Cu- cup holder was out and he wasn't paying attention and was already mad from the camera obviously and went down and his knee just went well, on it was the, more my shin, corner.
0: but... Um, oh, man. I, well, I, I can now say this, that the cup holders are awfully sturdy. They're very they very sturdy, They yeah. beat my leg. They did not break. <laughs> <laughs> so without question, Chad, Katie, and all the folks over there go the extra mile to ensure that not only are you getting an amazing quality board game table, but they also highly value customer service, keeping customers informed and ensuring that the communication is also a very high priority. So if you're interested, considering, or in the market for a new centerpiece for your game room, head on over to BoardGameTables.com, customize your dream table like what we did, Mm -hmm. and mention Heavy cardboard when you do. I swear this must have been a subconscious thing because (laughs) I really did not think to tie these things together. (laughs) I legitimately did not, but appropriately... We have a giveaway going on right now for us reaching 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. And uh, yeah, we forgot to actually start that. So we started it when we had 3,100 subscribers on YouTube. So it's a 3,100 giveaway. Uh,
1: We're weird. We like to keep it that way.
0: Right. What can you win and what do you have to do to enter? You might be asking yourself. Self. Well, you can win a copy of An Infamous Traffic, Compliments of Heavy Cardboard. It was a second copy that we had, so mm-hmm. we thought we would give it away. And in addition to that, one of the very last HeavyCon exclusive Denver maps for Tramways.
1: Yes, signed and numbered by Alvin Viard himself.
0: Yep. So to enter, go to the YouTube video. It's, it's really not hard to find. Heavy Cardboard 3K giveaway. Not, not hard. Nope. You, you should be able to figure that out. Like the video. Subscribe to our channel. And comment on which of our live streams was your favorite. Bonus kudos if you tell us why. I mean, really, that's, that's pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. We'll draw the winner on August 4th, which is a truly a one-month-long giveaway. Yep. Because we started it July 4th. And we'll pay the shipping to the U.S. 15 bucks for the rest of the world. So have fun. Good luck.
1: As I mentioned earlier, Edward will be joining the great folks from gamesurplus.com at WBC later this month, and I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, I'm super, super stoked.
1: (laughs) A great online game store, but even better people. They're the living embodiment of putting the customer first and going the extra mile to ensure that the customer's experience with them is the very best that it can be. Whether it's free shipping at $90 or the care and diligence taken when carefully packaging up your order— Carmen and Elaine over at Game Surplus do everything they can to make sure that your next purchase from them is certainly not your last. Go check them out over at Gamesurplus.com and mention heavy cardboard when you do.
0: Heavy cardboard. Yes. Yes.
1: All
0: right, we've done two live streams on it. We delayed this for a week, just well. Due to life. Mm-hmm. But I think it's time we finally got to one of the Golden Elephant Award finalists for 2016 in Infamous Traffic.
1: Me too. All right, it was published in 2016. Designed by Cole Worley. And the artwork was by Cole as well. Published by Holland Hollenspieler. It plays two to five players in 45 to 90 minutes. Availability and cost is it's about $50 MSRP and only available on the Holland Spiele website.
0: But it's currently on sale right now for 45 bucks. Nice. I did see that if you're listening to this around the time it comes out.
1: Yeah, the print and play version is only 13 bucks and it's available on Wargame Vault.
0: Yeah, that's hard to. Th- seriously, 13 bucks for yeah. the files to print the game. Right. And there's just not a lot physically no. to this game. No. I don't mean to make it diminish it, oh, but no. you get the idea. It's just not a hard file to print and play. No, you know what I
1: mean? I wouldn't imagine.
0: So for scalability, I the ideal play count for me, now I've played this a couple more times than you have. I gotta be, man, I don't know, eight, nine plays of it at this point, thereabouts. For me, the ideal play count is four, with three being solid as well. I didn't like it nearly as much at five, even though the, you know, the game is one round shorter, at least in my experience. One player is all but out of the game before the third turn. So I don't know, maybe that's not ideal.
1: Right. Yeah, I I like I didn't I didn't really care for three.
0: Okay. All I right. liked four. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, fair enough. So what's going on in the game?
0: It's eighteen thirty three. The East India Company has just had its monopoly of trade revoked by an official act of parliament. You and others like you see a golden opportunity for profit in China. For too long, the company's polite deference to the Qing has smothered progress and stifled trade. There's real money to be made here, and you intend to make it. Oh yeah. Players represent various British businesses who do their part to capitalize on the opium trade to China in the 19th century. Players invest in one of three areas, be it merchants, fleets, or opium shipments, to then turn those investments into parts of various supply chains inside China to then raise their revenue so that ultimately they can send their young scions back to London and then reap the benefits of high society in London in the form of victory points. Just hopefully they don't befall an accident while they're there.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's discuss the five factors that give the game its weight. Let's start with complexity. Go for it. There's not an enormous amount of rules, and the rules that are there just aren't that complex. It's mainly memory-based, which, I mean, you know, I guess could be said for all rules.
0: When you say memory, it's just committing the, the rules to memory, you mean? Right,
1: like remembering how to get dice on the board for demand, remembering how to remove dice when ports are open. I mean, the the player aid that we use is invaluable as a resource for those little things that can be easily forgotten, and I'll make sure to link that player aid in the show notes. Yeah,
0: definitely. And like you said, the, the rules aren't terribly complex. However, what is complex is... It's the why that really gets you. I mean, it's only six pages of rules. That's not a lot of overhead there. But understand why you're trying to do the things. It's just, I mean, the the only word that I can come up with is opaque. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I actually I, I mentioned this on a Facebook post after our first play of or either leading up to or just after our first playthrough of an infamous traffic and i said that it's one of the most opaque games that i've ever played and somebody said hey that's that's not real complimentary (laughs) it is to us and tom russell the the publisher the guy behind hollenspiel or uh, half the team behind hollenspiel he was like yeah actually it kind of is so The complexity isn't in the rules. It's in the opacity of the gameplay.
1: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. The plan of this game is reaction. Reacting to the other players around the table, being able to think on your feet and being able to. Totally. Yes. And being able to determine whether something is worth fighting over.
0: A hundred percent agree with that. It's it's all about. Well, I wouldn't say all of it. I mean, there is. You do have to do some planning ahead. Do you not?
1: Well, you can—I mean, you can have a base of a plan, sure, but it's most likely going to be out the window as soon as it's your turn.
0: Well, yeah, you do have to react. Like, oh, I was planning on investing in opium, but all of a sudden, everybody else in, did. So right, why so, am I okay? Do it? Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to invest in fleets right. or in merchants right. or to go in a different direction.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that you can plan ahead on, at least, kind of get an idea of, is what you're going to invest in like we were just talking about whether it's opium or whatever if it's like if it's opium but everybody else around the table has done that then you have to react and say okay well maybe not right but uh, it's always kind of a good idea to have at least a basis and at least have a basis as well as what level you're going to put out the item that you're doing
0: you mean as far as wh- uh for revenue, you're right, talking... Right, like do you
1: put the opium at price three or two?
0: Right, because undercutting can have such a huge impact in the game, you have to take into account the potential for being undercut unless you are mm-hmm. one of the industry... lead Or the industry leader.
1: Or unless you have a fleet. You can't be undercut if you put a fleet out at one.
0: Okay, fair enough. But whereas a merchant's... You can be mm-hmm. undercut down to a zero. Yep. So if somebody puts out a merchant value zero, they don't benefit from that.
1: But you don't either.
0: Right. It could it could just remove your revenue mm-hmm. that you've you've gleaned from that supply chain. And all of a sudden, well, I was counting on that one revenue to be able to give me an extra investment to be able to invest in opium, which I originally was planning on doing, but I waited until I had this fleet created. Right. And so I was like, huh. Okay, well, that backfired because all of a sudden I just got undercut. Mm-hmm. Well, now I can't do that. Plan better.
1: <laughs> Play better. Right? I mean, because this game has such an austere economy, it's vital that you make sure you don't run out of money.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I often do, I found, in, <laughs> in my plays, at least late. But yes, I totally agree with that. Because
1: if you don't have money, you can't hire. If you can't hire, you can't place. If you can't place, you can't win. I mean, it's... It's literally, if, even if you only have one income, at least you have one and you can hire, you know, you can hire somebody.
0: Right. You can, you can make those investments. Right. Because every time you make an investment, there's little brackets on, depending on where your revenue is. Mm-hmm. So the higher your revenue, that's going to dictate how many investments you can make, which thematically, doesn't that kind of make sense? It does. Absolutely. Right? So, yeah. However, you can spend some of that revenue for sending your scion to London mm-hmm. at the end of a round. So then this is where that planning comes in in a different way that, okay, yes, I can spend a lot of my revenue right now to be able to send him to London to hopefully get a lot of victory points. And by a lot, I mean potentially two or three.
1: It's but, a lot in this game.
0: But at the same time, if I do that, I'm now hampering what I can invest in in a subsequent rounds because now my revenue is dropped. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't have much of a choice if I overspend on sending my sign or if I over, ins- uh, over overextend yourself. If I overextend myself on a previous round. So yeah, there there definitely is a fair number a fair amount of planning that goes in here, but I would say it's more tactical as you were mm-hmm, alluding to. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good way to put it. All right, now, there is there is some luck in the game. There's some luck in random factors, and it's what conspiracies come out.
0: And what order the conspiracies come out, correct.
1: And what prizes come out.
0: Right. Now, on the prizes, you only get to know one of the two or three, depending on the player count, mm-hmm. that are out there. So, in a four-player game, there's three prizes. You get to look at one of them. Mm-hmm. You don't get to look at the other two. And you're going to have to...
1: Read the other players.
0: Pretty Exactly that. And and by read, I don't mean body language. I mean, what are their actions telling you? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to send their uh, a, a very, you know.
1: Just like in poker, what story are they telling you?
0: That's exactly it. It's all about are they trying to spend a lot of money to send their scion back with a high prestige level so that they get first choice of the prizes? Mm-hmm. If so, if they looked at a different prize than you did then odds are what they looked at is going to be worth fighting for. Right? Or are they going a whole nother level deep and are they knowing you're going to think that and then it's you know that I know that you know that Mm -hmm. I know, so I'm going to act like it. I'll spend a little bit of money so that you spend a lot of money. Oh,
1: psych. Right.
0: So... I don't know. I mean, there is the randomness. There is a a set range. You know before the game how many of each of the different prizes there are. And in a four- and a five-player game, all the prizes come out throughout the game. So you know how many of each, and they range from negative one to three. So you can do a little bit of gauging,
1: I guess. Right. Deduction.
0: Right. However... Again, how many levels do you go with your mm-hmm. opponents? And I think, that, I, I think that adds to the game. It doesn't detract from the game. But I do know that there are folks out there that absolutely abhor this unknown information. The fact that they only know one of the two or one of the three prizes right and i know that cole has talked about it. i don't know if he actually did put out an official variant to where hey if you don't like it just turn the prizes face up and go go fight for them yeah. but it kind of thematically it flies in the it, face in what the of what the game's trying to. It do. it does
1: and i feel like it takes away part of the part of the fight of it
0: yeah i agree i mean in the second live stream that we did for this we were showing the camera what in the first were. one, we were too. Oh, okay. Well, in the second one especially, that we were showing the camera and everybody at home knew that the highest point value was a zero. Hmm? It was a negative one, a zero, and a zero. And he, here we were all fighting for this That's stuff. fantastic. So they knew, but we didn't. That's and really it, funny. It really added to the tension, I feel like, for the players because mm-hmm. we thought we knew that there was going to be something high I looked at a negative one so the odds of there not being something better out there was pretty good so I was like I can fight for this and I saw the other guys send in high value scions who looked at different prizes they had the same thought that I Mm -hmm. did and so it was I think it really adds a, a gamemanship level as opposed to detracting for the game and as far as the conspiracies go those get reseeded at the beginning of every round. So you know before the round starts what's going to be out there in the conspiracy circle. So you you might not have full information like what's going to come out in round two during and round one. And that's what I'm talking about. Sure, no, I understand. Yeah. That. I'm just saying that I don't think that's an issue. It just, okay, this is what we have to work with. Mm-hmm. Now work with it.
1: Wait, would you disagree that that's a random? No,
0: no, not at all. I'm just, I, I guess I'm. I'm just making an argument against it being a negative aspect, like a lot of times whenever we we talk about luck and randomness in a game, usually, not always, but usually these are going to be, oh, that kind of makes the game a lot lighter Mm -hmm. for X, Y, or Z. I don't feel like it does that in this case. Nope, not here.
1: And, okay, now what about game length?
0: I I think it actually is a rather short game. It really really is, yeah. I mean, coming in as the description says, 45 minutes to 90 minutes. It feels much like a game like Pax Ren. It's a lot of game in that time span. In that time span, and only may feel like it overstays for the fifth player in a fifth player game or a five player game when they're out of it for that last round. Yeah. You know, so for me, I feel like the game length is perfect. Yeah, it's, for it's this. felt good
1: at every player count for me. I, yeah.
0: I agree. Yeah. However. Your first play, until people, and I say first play, I mean players that aren't getting it, which we're about to get into, can make it play longer than it necessarily should. Mm -hmm. So that's something to be aware of. But once you actually, everyone's familiar and comfortable with the rules, Mm -hmm. you're off and running in 90 minutes max. Yeah, you're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And talking about getting it, I mean, it, it depends on the person because for some reason, I almost immediately got this game and understood it. And I did not. How many games did it take you?
0: Uh, I felt like around my third or fourth game, I was really starting to, aha, now I can start to see how to manipulate mm-hmm. things. I definitely was not, I mean, I understood the rules, and I had the player aid in front of me, but I was like, light bulbs really started right. to come on in my third and fourth place. They
1: were just very dimly lit. Like those LED lights that take a long time to warm up. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I I definitely think that it's going to var it's going to vary based on the person themselves. Mm-hmm. Some people I've read uh, that oh yeah, after the first couple rounds mm-hmm. I, I got it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh
1: Yeah, I, and I don't know why. Cause like in our first live stream I specifically talked about how it was weird to me that I almost immediately got it. And I almost immediately saw what other players should be doing and saw other strategies. And I'm never like that. You can't say that. Well, except for this time.
0: (laughs) So it's going to vary. maybe
1: I was an opium trafficker. Right.
0: Maybe. 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 Right. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So I guess ultimately what we're saying is I wouldn't be surprised If it took a few games for some folks to pick this up. And I I, I think you are probably going to be the exception to the rule. I think
1: so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, More often than not. Mm -hmm. So
0: I don't think it's as hard to comprehend as something like Pax Renaissance, Mm -mm. the the why of it I'm talking about. But it's, it's definitely closer to that than it's not.
1: Yes. And so, okay, ultimately, what does the game range fall into? Is it medium, medium, heavy, heavy for you?
0: So this one's tough. Um, it's lightish-ish ish on rules, but it's really heavy on depth. I mean, playing the players, the opacity. So I'm inclined to to say that it's, it's on the heavier end. It's definitely not medium, because no. if we're going to call a game like Rococo medium, th- this is night and day yes. from that, right? So I guess if you were to gauge it off of that, I would call it heavy, but I also could make a case for it being medium heavy. No. But again, we're...
1: It's semantics. Almost. It really
0: is. I mean, really doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's on the other side of medium yeah. some more, some range. It's on over the there. it's on
1: the spectrum. It's just on the heavy side of medium spectrum.
0: Yeah. I agree I with agree. that. I agree. That's
1: what I think. Let's talk about the cardboard. All right. All right. So the components, graphic design, and artwork. What are your thoughts, sir? Well,
0: Spiel is the epitome of a mom and pop shop yes right i mean everything that they make is print on demand so we'll start with the positives the counters are about three feet thick (laughs) and they have this this finish on them that's almost like a like a laminated plastic type they're Mm -hmm. they're laser cut kind of like how old school victory point games are but At a better quality than that, than the older Victory Point game. Like, it
1: it doesn't come with a With the soot,
0: right, and all that. So, the chips are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. However... Uh, I know some folks have had, in in our copy, it's a paper map, which doesn't bother me. We have plexiglass for that. No big deal. Some people are going to be unfamiliar or unaccustomed Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. that. Nowadays, though, it comes with a one-piece map, you know, a regular folding board. So there's that. So that's a non-issue nowadays. Mm -hmm. I know some folks have had cutting alignment issues, but I also have heard nothing but positives about Hollenspiel addressing that. And, and, and I
1: would expect nothing less. Right. Honestly, after meeting Tom and Mary, I would expect nothing less. So,
0: again, super thick chits. That's the positive. The player boards, though, are thin cardstock. Uh, they're thicker than the original paper mat, but I do wish that they were yeah. thicker. Yeah. yeah uh, like cardstock as opposed to like thick paper stock. Yeah. It's you like, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's
1: thick paper. It's like 80-pound paper instead of it being like a cardstock would be nicer. Or, or a thick cardstock.
0: Or, or cardboard. Right. Right? Making the actual player boards like what the new boards are yeah so component wise i think it's fine um for what it is now it's a 50 buck game so maybe
1: yeah but you have to take into consideration that it's print on demand
0: it is plus i mean this is the epitome of a boutique publisher right this is very much um
1: they don't have stock
0: right yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, so with that, I'm willing to give them a little bit more leeway than mm-hmm. I would, you know, some of the more mainstream yeah. publishers. I'm
1: definitely willing to give them more latitude on it.
0: You know what this made me kind of think of mm-hmm. was Clinic, when yeah. Alvin the started out with uh, AV Studio Games, and it was his own publishing house and the whole nine yards, which it still is. But Tramways obviously was his first real, hey, look, I can actually publish this right. up to Euro standards, right. et cetera clinic was not that and so this is more on that level i would say it's
1: like tom said in one of our the chats on one of our live streams he was like i have an unlimited number i I just have to buy more cubes. i can make as many as you need there you you go
0: right so so
1: that if that gives you any indication of how they are
0: right now the box size, real shelf friendly very here. Much, it's just, yeah, it's thin. Yeah, it's just under eleven and a half inches by nine inches by one and a quarter inches or twenty-nine centimeters, twenty-two and a half centimeters, and about three centimeters thick. So it's and to my knowledge, of all the games that I've seen from Hollenspiel fit in that same size yeah. box. So you can fit a lot of these in a very small space. So there's that. Yeah. Right.
1: Graphic design-wise, I felt it was very easy to understand the iconography. I mean, the board itself is kind of a player aid.
0: Yeah, I thought everything was laid out really well. There's no ambiguities as far as that stuff goes. And like you said, having the reminders on the map was definitely helpful. However, the player aids are invaluable. Yes. Having everybody having their own player aid, absolutely invaluable. Yeah. And we had to print our own player aids.
1: But the player aid is not from Hollenspiela either.
0: That's my point. Gotcha. It's not from Hollenspiel. It should be. That's right. what you're
1: saying. Okay. I didn't get that, guys. Okay, the artwork, I mean, it's good. You know, it's it's all done by Cole, except for the cover, I think.
0: Yeah, there there really isn't a whole lot of artwork in the game. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there, it's just the map. The map. Right? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's pretty map, though. Yeah. I, I, I think it looks pretty.
0: good. Mm-hmm. Uh, aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. to me. The box art I think is striking. Mm-hmm. I think it really wow, what is that? Yeah, what's that? You know? It's almost which,
1: all black. What is that box over there?
0: That I I thought that was well done with mm-hmm. the ship and the wake mm-hmm. behind the ship and everything. So, yep. artwork-wise, um I think it looks pretty for what it is. There's just not a lot of it, which that's not to say that's a to its detriment. It's just a statement of fact. Yeah. Everything is very clear on the board or board map whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's well done. There's just not a lot to it.
1: Right. Uh, rulebook clarity and quality.
0: So the rulebook is mostly clear, but the issues arise in ambiguities, which can definitely hamper players. And I do wonder, and this is me not having asked Cole this or, or Tom, for that matter, when it comes to him being the publisher. This feels like more a war game rulebook. Coming from War Gamers yeah. for War Gamers, yeah,
1: like the the rules are thirteen point four point two exactly fine, blah.
0: So currently, Cole has a set of living rules that he's been getting feedback on and trying to make everything clear and clear up the ambiguities. Once that's done, it's going to be hosted on BGG, and I actually called Tom and I asked him about this, mm-hmm. and he says once that's done, we're actually going to make that the actual rule book that gets printed okay. in all copies of an infamous traffic. Nice. So kudos to him on that. However, should have been addressed to begin with. Right. I feel like yeah. so. Eh, so yeah, you know, I but I I harp on this about everybody uh, almost. Every publisher I harp on about the rule book. That said, there is a teaching video out there that (laughs) somebody with an elephant for a logo has done that should make things pretty clear. (laughs) Just saying. I
1: wonder who he's talking about.
0: So that kind of also goes in line with set uh, set up, tear down, teaching, learning. Is really not a ton here for setup and teardown. A few baggies and you're all set. Literally, mm-hmm. that's all yeah. you need. And as far as teaching and learning, go watch the video.
1: He does it for you.
0: All right. You ready to get to the meat? Yeah. All right. You want to start, ma'am?
1: All things right. we like. Yeah, things we like. So the game is beyond brutal. I mean, it's opaque, which means, you know, it's not incredibly clear. What you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it. I mean, it's like, like Edward says all the time. Okay, I know the rules, but now what do I do?
0: Right. It requires work. And I'm okay with that here. I mm-hmm. really am. Because the payoff, the the thematic tie-ins, and the sense of humor that this game has, I appreciate. Yeah. And it makes the work worth it to me. Now, it's not... It's not a ton of work, mind you. It's not going to be something massively daunting like a high frontier or something like that. But there's still work involved because of that opacity. But I feel like that that rewards a player who wants to do that. And I like that feeling mm-hmm. of, hey, oh, uh, uh, oh. Right. That, oh. You know, that, that aha feeling. Yeah. And I get that a lot in this game. And, mm-hmm. and there are mm-hmm. still moments in which I continue to get it even being eight nine games of it in
1: that's good yep one thing i really like about it is that decisions in the first round of the game the very first turn of the very first round can bite you in the butt in the very last turn of the very last round and like every single decision matters
0: if decisions on the first turn don't really matter why have them yep right
1: Looking at the board and being able to determine if you should undercut a rival or if you you should just let it be and let him get stuck with an investment on the board
0: that's not going to be completed in a, mm-hmm. a in a completed supply chain, so they're just wasting so that it's investment just there.
1: Right. There's nothing you can do. Ships are really good to have at least one of because, like I said earlier, you can't get undercut by another ship
0: provided you. Put it at a one level. Right, now, right. the I lowest
1: mean, it can go is one.
0: Right, but at the same time, you could go two or three, right, to right. be able to get more revenue. You
1: could, but if you're worried about being undercut and you have to make money right there, don't put it at a one and you're fine.
0: Yeah, because everything else goes to a zero.
1: Mm-hmm. Being able to view the prizes before the round begins, I think it's clever.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I kind of harped on this a little bit when we were talking about the randomness in the game. I like only having partial knowledge mm-hmm. and then having to read the other players' actions and see what story they're telling mm-hmm. me and then deduce from that story whether or not I, I should be going after those prizes or not. Right. And I just, I mean, I'm a poker player. That very much appeals to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not reading players' body language. Like I said, it's their actions mm-hmm. are telling me a story. Is it a story story I should, does it make sense and should I believe it? Uh
1: When another player passes and they do so with a high numbered scion that they had to go into debt for, Hmm. that's a good indication that they looked at a high numbered prize possibly.
0: Exactly my point, right? Mm -hmm. But then again, they could be, they know that I'm watching that. So they're just going to try and make me blow a whole lot of money when they didn't. So,
1: but I feel like that at that point you have played the game so many more times than we have. I don't feel like that that type of play is a first, second, third, fourth, fifth game.
0: Oh, I, I, I think once you get into the fours, fives, and sixes, I could, I could see a lot of people being able to do that. <laughs> Maybe not everybody, but right. I do think. But the point is, by not ha- by having incomplete information, it allows that because. It's incomplete only for you, or it's incomplete for everybody, but you know what they don't. They know what you don't. Right. And so having to bounce that off the different players, I think just it scratches an itch for me that just it hits me in my happy spot. <laughs> I really, really enjoy that. So the game has interaction in spades. Mm-hmm. Everything you do has you interacting positively or negatively with others. Now, as I said there is some positive interaction there's just not a lot of it nope. it's absolutely brutal it's a game with very sharp elbows yes so if that appeals to you awesome if it doesn't eh. go to a different game yeah because this game yeah yeah it's just brutal. It forces you to invest wisely. Now, when you invest, when you take an investment, you put it into your holdings on the top of your player board and then as a separate action, you then place it out there on the board. Well, you might not, even though you've invested in these things, they might stay in your tableau until you pick the right time to invest in those Mm -hmm. things to actually put your investments to work. And the reason being is if you invest in a region where it's unlikely to get help or that you can't do it all on your own, it's going to stay there, stranded, forever. Shouldn't have invested until you had more information. So you made that decision. Mm -hmm. You read the market wrong. You made the mistake. Right. You pay for that mistake. The game
1: did not make you make that mistake. Exactly. The
0: other players may have made you pay for it. But
1: that ultimately, it was your decision what you
0: did. 100%. And undercutting, you don't like it? Be the industry leader. Are you losing? Start working on the alternate end condition. China goes into revolution? Points don't matter at that point. It's only number of enterprises or investments that are on the board in the end that matter. So, okay, use that as a hammer. Mm -hmm. And don't wait until the last round. Oh, wait, I think I'm behind. And now, oh, wait, I can't do anything about it. Plan better and start maybe seeding that, getting those dice out of the dice pool mm-hmm. to where that being the trigger for that uh, instant trigger mm-hmm. for the end of the game.
1: Maybe Plan- you do it sneakier so that nobody notices you start doing it. Maybe
0: you, you do something that you weren't planning on doing originally, but then you're like, you know what? I feel like I'm a little bit behind. Why don't I go ahead and start placing some of these mm-hmm. smugglers and some of these missionaries out on the board, which then bring the dice out on the board, which, yes... It possibly adds to the uh, the opportunity for people to place things on the board, but at the same time, you're removing dice, and so now maybe you start working towards that. Mm-hmm. But you, if you do it early enough, it's not so obvious.
1: Right. If all of a sudden in the last round you're bum rushing and trying to, which get is all-
0: what I tried to do in my last <laughs> playthrough, and it didn't work. But I thought it was clever. But I should have started right. earlier. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a me problem, not a game problem, right? Right. But I love that. That's in the player's control.
1: And because passing makes the conspiracy circles cost one money more for each past player.
0: And by money, you mean revenue, right. right?
1: It can be very good strategic move to pass maybe before you were planning. And, you know, it could really mess up plans. It's devious and good.
0: Yeah, I, I think I ran into that problem. If people can't afford to pay because it's one revenue per or per player that's passed to be able to use the conspiracies every turn Mm -hmm. well if you pass early enough people really really have to make a concerted effort or i they have to take that into consideration i should say and it it's just one more thing that is that you have to pay for that money is so tight that it can be prohibitively expensive, or they could just not have any revenue at all, be it negative four, mm-hmm. which is where the track bottoms out. You can no longer take an investment, mm-hmm. nor can you do those conspiracies. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Were oh. you planning on doing that? Darn clever play is rewarded it's setting up future supply chains for yourself and not relying on others can feel so very satisfying
0: yeah it's it's hard to do it's mm-hmm. hard to have an entire supply chain being okay you're supplying it with opium you are uh if you have a fleet out there to transport it and then having merchants mm-hmm. set up to then sell it all in one supply chain is hard to do yes but if you're able to do it you can just just get a shot. yeah of revenue, however, if you're by yourself, you make yourself a really, really big target right. at the same time. But yeah, it definitely can be rewarding for sure.
1: It's a very dark theme,
0: and as I've said this numerous times in the past, I applaud designers and publishers that are willing to address and take on really dark themes. I mean, you are supplying opium to the Chinese in a mid 19th century i mean you're drug dealers yes and and i mean you're, you're basically glorified cartels is what they that's would exactly be exactly what it is yeah and i mean obviously it's all i abstracted out but
1: well when dude, you get to the nuts and bolts of it that's what you're doing that
0: that's a pretty heavy theme when you stop and think mm-hmm. about it and i love that i i like that it's not Oh, Puppy Dogs and Ice Cream and you. Rainbows. It's its something different. It's something risky. And like Cole said in his interview with me, he has questions for these games that he wants them to answer. And I just, I dig that, man. I dig that so much. On that note, the dark humor and the cynicism just runs amok in this game. The missionaries come to an area and adds to the demand of opium. <laughs> now, thematically, I get that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the missionaries would help the sick right. and the injured and everything. They would give them opium, mm-hmm. right? They, you That's know, all they knew. Dead in the pain. However, now they have smack addicts. Mm-hmm. They have opium, you know, addicts. And it's, there's a lot of cynicism in this game, but absolutely love it. Not to mention, the game's hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, we like hard. Yeah. And In infamous traffic has you working with your fellow players some of the time. The opportunity for the company that you represent is fantastic, but anything worth doing is hardly ever easy. The local Qing government isn't terribly thrilled that you're, you know, peddling opium to their people. <laughs> As
1: they shouldn't be.
0: And they may arrest, via police actions, the very smugglers and missionaries that you need to comp- your supply chains. Also said supply chains are awfully hard to maintain like we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. You got to cultivate the local demand for your product, haul the crates of opium from India, secretly ship them and... Use greedy local bureaucrats and merchants to actually sell your stuff, provided that you have an opening into a particular region to begin with. That's all before you can even really sniff any actual profit from your hard work. I mean, this stuff is hard. Hard <laughs> way to make an easy living, right? Yeah. So out of that, come temporary alliances. Hey, we're, we're going to be friends here in this supply chain because, well, it benefits both of us. However... Hopefully, you know, it helps me more. Right. Not hopefully, but I see it's going to help uh-huh. me more. But you know what? Screw you over there because I'm not involved. So I'm going to break that chain and I'm going to cost you revenue. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a, a matter of underselling, bribing police to come and crack down on those nasty, <laughs> horrible opium smugglers over All there. fair. Right but maybe getting your friends back in Jolly Good England to <laughs> declare war and by doing so help open up more ports for you and then provide a, a needed resource. So what if you were the very reason for said need of that resource to begin with? We don't need to talk about that. No. Did I mention that the game was cynical? <laughs> All
1: right, so now the flip side. It can end by someone being Kingmaker.
0: Yeah. And that happened.
1: Yeah. I'm um, actually on our live stream. I won because of that. And one of our games of the month ended that way as well, but that time for you. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that all games will end that way, but I am saying it's a possibility. And it's not something I'm really happy about. I mean, I want to win a game because I made the best decisions all game, not because someone else decided they didn't mind if I won over someone else.
0: This game can be fragile in that respect because of the fact that everybody has to be invested in be trying to win. If yeah. somebody has mailed it in, that can absolutely oh yeah, devolve down mm-hmm. into that.
1: Mm-hmm. The randomness of the conspiracy chits and prizes, I understand the meaning behind these, but it's still frustrating and annoying when the conspiracy chit you n- you need never appears.
0: Make better plans. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I'm not—I'm not arguing with you to argue. Don't right. get me wrong. And I understand that not everybody is going to like that aspect of the mm-hmm. game. But this is this is what's going on in the world right now. We need to we need to plan adapt, for this, and right. we need to adapt. And if you don't adapt, the world passes you by. Yep. So that's a you issue. And I'm not saying you is in Amanda is a, you it, the royal y'all yeah, yeah. right. The game's brutal, as we've definitely alluded to. Mm -hmm. I've given this some thought, and I would put it up there with Noya Hyman for just plain overt brutality. Mm -hmm. Now, some people have said that, oh, it's just tit for tat. Oh, you hurt me over here, I'm going to hurt you over there. That's not at all what this game should be. not at all. Mm -mm. And that's not what we have found in all of our plays at all. Players can spend effort investing in an enterprise Work to get it to where it completes a supply chain and gains revenue. Finally, I have gained revenue. But... Only to see it torn down by another player, not in said supply chain, before they've had a chance to actually do anything about it. The good news, you don't lose the investment. It just comes back onto your tableau Mm -hmm. for you to then redistribute it again. But it's possible now, because they broke that supply chain that there's a missing segment of that chain. So, oh, no soup for you, or as it were, no revenue for you. Right. The unknown prizes, you can invest heavily, sending your Scion back to London because you have reason to believe there's high value prize waiting for you, only to find out it's a ruse. I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am.
1: Wah, wah, wah.
0: Again, the range is from negative one to three victory points on these prizes. In a game where six points or less can be the winning score, that is a massive amount of variance. Huge swings. But again, play the players right. and and just everyone is telling you exactly what they're going for through their actions. Now, it could be that somebody forgot what the prize was that they looked at, that's happened. It could be that they're going all meta on you and you know that I know that you know that I know. But you know what? That, these things happen in life. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the unknown of incomplete information. I'm okay with that. And stuff that we've already talked about, right? Uh, the opaque rules mean that some players, it's really going to take repeated plays for them to grasp the game, not just the single play. It did for me that may make it too high of a barrier of entry for some people. And that's fine. Right. I mean, not every game is for every person.
1: Exactly. If it was, then what would be the point of all of this?
0: Right. Yeah, seriously. The rulebook's not written as well as it could have been, but at least that's being addressed. Right. And last but not least, it's real difficult outside the U.S. to get a copy. Which Uh is
1: good. There's a print and play version.
0: There is. So, I mean, if you're not a print and player... Sorry. So, yeah. Fi- hopefully you have a friend that is spend mm-hmm. the thirteen bucks and hook that up. Yeah. Or find a mule that's yeah. going to mule it over that or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's not a hint. No. People. All right. One of my favorite things when I'm prepping for the show or a review is I like to go and read the comments. I've said this numerous times, right? That other people have said both positive and negative. Yes about the various games that we're reviewing. And I thoroughly enjoy this. So there were a number of fours and five ratings on BGG. Nobody left comments. That's I so thought that funny. was pretty funny.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, so here we go. Um, some of these, like I said, are positive. Some of these are people are not fans of the game. But I try and, I try and be even-handed with this. It's mean, is what I'm saying. Terribly, brutishly mean. Selling opium isn't about sharing.
1: no. Sharing is not caring.
0: Right. Wow. Simple, deep, highly thematic, and deadly. What more can one ask? It's a neat game, which is an econ game with war game sensibilities. Moments of brilliance, but not enough of them to invest more in the design. Niche appeal, which requires a group who is less invested and and interested in dragging others down. Perhaps the most unique and interesting new game I played in 2016. There's no coming back if you make a mistake in the first round. I I think that was written as a negative.
1: Yeah, I know. It's weird.
0: If you like a game with lots of tense decisions, and you're also the type of person that will put a game on repeat to where the rules can be second nature to you, there's likely something rewarding here. Short, razor-edge balanced, quite fragile, and unique in its design. Together with PAX Premier, it has solidified Cole Worley as a designer to watch. Play without negotiations for full effect. Bonus point for the wonderful and quite cynical history lesson. I just wish Cole shared more of his historical notes. Worthwhile seeking it out.
1: I kind of second that. I wish Cole would have shared his research. Or at least a little bit of it. I think it would be an interesting read.
0: Okay. All right. Last one. My favorite one. It's a little bit longer, but I enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm brutal economic game where anything and everything can and most likely will go wrong. Some games will promptly end in a revolution, while some will never give you a good opportunity to break into mainland China. There's always a chance that you will have absolutely terrible luck and will need to rely on special envoys to get anything done. You need to decide whether you want to be an to others by destroying fragile supply chains or reluctantly allow their enterprises to flourish so you can expand elsewhere with merchants. This is not an engine builder. It is an engine annihilator. An infamous traffic is akin to wanting to maintain a BDSM relationship and should be absolutely avoided by anyone who cannot handle quote unquote mean games. For everyone else, it is absolutely brilliant.
1: Wow. All right, so we always know that i like to go before you in summaries because you always kill it, so...
0: Oh, oh, by all means, please.
1: And Infamous Traffic was a finalist for the 2016 Golden Elephant Award. This game, quite simply, is a masterful work by Cole Worley, who is someone that I am pleased to be able to call a friend. Cole's vision for his games is astounding, and this one is no different. I mean, opium trafficking in China in the 19th century? Why not?
0: If you like a knife fight in a phone booth... With a dark theme in a unique setting, go get this game. The end.
1: Yeah. Rating.
0: I gave it a five. Me too. Um, wow, really? We do that way too much. Seriously.
1: Yeah, I did.
0: Uh, all right. Um, so, why a five for you?
1: We played it as the game of the month a few months ago, and I would still happily sit down to play it. And you know, while it's it's not for the faint of heart, <laughs> that's for sure. It's an enjoyable game. That I would recommend to any heavy game player. At least try it. You may not like it. But at least try it and see.
0: Alright. For me. Honestly. Go back and watch the most recent live stream that we did. Of this. It, it it has some not safe for work language in it. But. I think that exemplifies. What makes this good game so good. And all four of us. It was a real tight game. All the way to the end. Just. Absolutely a fantastic, fantastic game and a worthy finalist for the 2016 Golden Elephant Award. Absolutely. So that is an infamous traffic. All right. That's all we got.
1: Let's go eat some dinner.
0: Yeah, let's do that. I'm hungry. Me too. All right. We'll catch you all next week. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess talk to you all next week and maybe uh, maybe we'll see you all on the live streams as well. Absolutely. Catch you all next week, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.